the Slaughter in May podcast. Hello and welcome to this Slaughter in May podcast. I'm Claire Fletcher and I'm joined by Phil Linnard and Jane Edward. Phil is a partner in our employment practice and Jane is the head of our real estate team. And both have been very busy advising clients on their new working practices and office space requirements. Phil, if I can start with you, please. Hybrid working has, of course, been with us for some time, but are you starting to see a change in emphasis now that the government has lifted its work from home guidance? I think, Claire, there have been a few stages here. Clearly, many companies were thinking about hybrid working well before COVID hit us. And a lot of companies were well down the track of building that into their usual working practices. Then, of course, we had the pandemic when, for many companies that hadn't done that thinking yet, hybrid working or home working really became a crisis management tool. And we've come in and out of that phase over the last 18 months with various lockdowns and working from home guidelines. I think the change of emphasis now, though, is companies moving to look at hybrid working as a long-term way of running their businesses and how to make their people uh, go about their working lives. And I think the interesting question as we hopefully come into this post-pandemic stage is how companies can best embed hybrid working in a balanced and healthy way into their workforces going forward. And Jane, it's been a, a busy period for you advising corporate occupiers on their property requirements. What trends have you noticed and do you have any thoughts about what the new normal might look like? Yeah, thanks, Claire. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there's a debate, you know, is this the death of the office? Do we need the office anymore? And I think after what is almost two years now, certainly the property industry would say that that everyone val values the office more than ever. We realise what we've missed. It's been too long um, working from home and, 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 and most occupiers want to go back to the office, but in a new way, in a new hybrid way, um, and hopefully get that balance right. But, but definitely the office needs to work harder now, I think, to provide what we need from it, to a, a space for collaboration, socialising, training, working together, meeting together, things that, the, things that working from home don't do. Absolutely. Now, we've seen a lot of debate over the last 18 months about the pros and cons of working from home and being in the office. I'd like to get both your thoughts on this. Perhaps, Phil, if we start with you, what are the, the pros that you see of working in the office? Yeah, that's fine, Claire. And I think I should start by saying that I do um, see many advantages in sometimes working from home as well. So this is by no means a manifesto to bring back people to the office full time. However, having spent some time working in the office over recent months, and certainly in the autumn before Omicron hit us, I was struck by, first of all, um, how many comments I had from junior colleagues about how much more they were able to learn in the office. And you know, every business is different. We're a law firm. Other, other companies have different ways of working. But I think that um, from many discussions I've had, people are finding that junior employees are quite positive about being in the office in terms of the learning experience. There may be other things that they prefer out of the office. Uh, secondly, I think people are finding that it's better, it's easier to work in a collaborative and creative way when you're in, when you're in the room with somebody. I think we've all found, and we've all been very pleasantly surprised about how productive and efficient working from home can be. I know that was a worry at the start of the pandemic, but I think as we're coming out of the pandemic, we're also seeing that when we're getting people back together, what they produce is less transactional. People come up with better ideas. They can bounce ideas off each other. That's both better for companies because they produce better work, but it's also better and more fulfilling for the individuals because it's a more, more real-time working experience. So for me, Claire, I think those are the two 
main advantages I see of office life. We can come on though perhaps later to talk about some of the uh, mental health elements of the balance that people strike between office work and homework. Yeah, I'll certainly want to come back to that. Thanks, Phil. But so, Jane, if I could perhaps then ask you to put the other side of the coin, the advantages for working from home. Sure, yeah, I think it can be a very productive place. Um, it's generally quieter. Meetings on screen can be very efficient. Um, no travelling time to meetings, less coordination time to arrange a meeting. Um, no commuting, of course, which was a major source of stress and expense for many employees previously. Um, and more time at home, so with family and friends, with, with, with whoever you live with. Um, more, more time to be there and enjoy your home, which, which frankly we didn't see much of before. And, and, and potentially more thinking time, more alone time, uh, more cerebral time. But I, I think, as Phil said, that's a benefit when you're senior and, and it, it, that thinking time can very easily be panic time when you're junior. Um, so there is, there is a sort of generational thing there um, I think we, we need to take into account. Thanks, Jane. And I do just know, now want to explore this mental health aspect a bit more because, as we know, sadly, the COVID pandemic has fueled a mental health crisis. Um, Phil, how do you think working practices can help here? Can we perhaps explore that a bit more? Uh, does, for example, more flexibility around working hours help or hinder when it comes to employee mental health? Uh, I think, Claire, this is a, a really interesting next step in the debate around hybrid working and flexible working. And I don't think it's just about flexible working hours. It's about the whole way that we do business and how we organise our working lives. As Jane has said, there are some real benefits to working from home and without, without trying to hold myself out as any kind of psychologist, it's clear that people get benefit from being able to spend more time with their families if they do work from home and there are many other benefits. Equally though, what we've seen and what we're now seeing in the press and across the media is generating a lot of discussion is whether the always on culture that potentially comes with working from home is healthy and whether there is any way for companies, um, in particular in the services industry, to address that. I think that we've observed both within our own business and um, looking at our clients that any person who now does a job that is computer-based has during the pandemic experienced an acceleration of that job. They've experienced the evening shift in a way that they haven't previously experienced in the sense that there appears now to be more of a default of switching back on the computer at 9 p.m. or so and working through until the early hours. Whereas in the past that might have been driven by urgency, it now seems to be in some um, parts of the economy becoming more standard. And, and you've got to ask yourself whether, especially again focusing at the um, junior end of the economy, whether that's a sustainable and desirable way to set up your working life. So as I said, Clara, I'm not really in a position to comment with any authority on the, the mental health impacts of that, but I think we are seeing um, from across our clients and within our own firm, a movement now as to how we can work in a flexible and hybrid way, but also in a way that's sustainable and satisfying. We're seeing people now asking others to stop and think before they reach out with emails late in the evening, uh, to think about how their emails are going to impact their colleagues and people that they're working with outside of their own businesses. And uh, I think we're also seeing people try to recreate when working flexibly or in a hybrid way, this impetus that people certainly had before the pandemic of starting their working day with a view to finishing it. 
and trying to work at pace throughout the day so that there can be some downtime in the evenings. I think the challenge the in, and the interesting question is how, um, how that can be reshaped, given that this isn't something that a single company or a single firm can solve. It's a, it's a cross-industry issue, but I think it's very important in terms of giving people coming into their careers a career that they're going to want to stay in and that they, that's going to keep them interested over a significant period of time. Thanks, Phil. So, Jane, I think a lot of what we've been seeing so far is the focus on the impact of mental health of working from home and the, and the home working arrangements. From your perspective, can the design and use of office space actually help to improve employee mental health? Yes, I think very much so. Um, so developers of grade A office space now are absolutely alive to all of those issues um, and are providing space for their occupiers, which is amenity-based, wellbeing-based. So for example, breakout zones, green space, high quality cycling um, and sort of gym, sort of concierge hotel style services, socialising space, really good quality dining space um, so that it is different from from working at home it does provide all the space and amenities that occupiers want to bring their people together and to have an enjoyable time in the office so offices are changing in terms of their amenities and their layout um, and and their provision as as we crave that difference really that that divide between home life and work life if we can just move away slightly from the office sector now, particularly in the city of London, I'd like to know a bit more about the patterns that you're seeing in the wider UK property market and how that's being driven by hybrid working. Yeah, I think there's no doubt that the sort of ancillary industries, if you like, to the office sector are those that support it at least, have, have suffered from, from many working from home. So retail, hospitality, for example, you know, have, have taken a big hit from office workers not, not being in city centres. Other sectors conversely have, have improved because of the, the shift in our economy. So for example, logistics, data centres, build to rent residential developments have, have grown. So there's been a shift definitely as a result of the pandemic and, and some winners and losers. Thanks, Jane. Um, Phil, a, a bit of law now, if I may. Um, what risks do clients face from an employment law perspective and actually potentially a regulatory perspective as well when they are implementing hybrid working? There's quite a lot going on there, Claire, and I think to keep it in focus, we should look at three different areas. I think, first of all, employers have had to default during the pandemic into informal hybrid working arrangements, responding quite quickly to developments in government guidance and law about how their people can work. And, and, and employers haven't during that time had time in many cases to think about whether those hybrid working arrangements are permanent, whether they're constantly kept under review, or they might crystallize into something more concrete going forward. So the legal risk here or the legal point for companies to watch out for is have they arranged their hybrid working uh, style in such a way that it's now going to stick and become permanent? Have they been so successful with hybrid working that when they in future receive flexible working requests, formal flexible working requests from employees, it will be harder for them to turn them down or they'll have to address their minds to the flexible working requests in different ways. So I so say point one, Claire, is I think the need to be very careful now with flexible working requests and how you 
if you want to turn them down, justify doing that, having potentially had a positive experience of flexible working during the pandemic. The second area is a continued focus on health and safety in the workplace and the need for employers to make sure that people's home working setups are healthy and aren't going to result in long-term injury. And the third area is uh, the area of promotions and discrimination and how people can progress their careers if they're working from home more than perhaps a colleague does. D does somebody who works from home for various reasons more often than another person have uh, lesser chances of getting promoted? And if so, why? And companies are going to have to try quite hard not to default into favouring the person that is there in person uh, with the more senior colleagues day to day. But it's going to be an important point because it's an area of real legal risk. Absolutely. And it plays back to the sort of generational differences we were talking about a bit earlier in, in the podcast. And not only generational differences, but also differences between people who may have home caring obligations. Um, so, you know, you've got the age issue, you've got the gender issue, you've got the caring issue, and you've got people who have set up their lives so that a commute is less convenient, but who might nonetheless be very ambitious in their roles. Those people um, shouldn't have to uh, try harder or find it more difficult to get promoted. Thanks, Bill. And Jane, following last year's COP26 in Glasgow, it's difficult not to mention ESG. How important do you think that ESG angle is as we return to the office? Very important. I think over the last two years, we've seen an increasing shift and ESG is now at the, you know, at the top of the agenda for most corporates. Um, and of course, the built environment and energy efficiency is a large part of achieving a corporate's net carbon targets and, and, and other ESG targets. So certainly in my industry, it's very important for developers, it's important for occupiers. And I think that's because it's important for all of us now, increasingly important for us as individuals. And it's, it's only going in, 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 that, in that one direction going forward. Thank you. Thank you both very much. I think there's obviously a lot we've covered today. There is a lot more that we're going to continue talking about as we move out of the, the shadow of COVID-19. But for now, do you each have a key takeaway you'd like to share? So, Bill, perhaps if I can ask you first. Sure. I think there are some real benefits that have come out of the hybrid and flexible working experience that we've all had during the pandemic. And there are some real positives that we can build into our working lives from that. I think my key takeaway, though, is as we, as we sort of embrace the benefits of hybrid working, we can't forget some of the benefits that came with, for want of a better phrase, the more old-fashioned way of working, the getting together, the working with your colleagues, and getting the sort of buzz out of the working environment that's quite difficult to replicate when you're at home behind a computer screen. And Jane, what about for you? I would agree with that. I think it's been an enormous and lengthy experience for everyone, and it's not, it's not over yet. And I think the key is to take the learnings from that experience and to try to get the balance right going forward. And, you know, we, we should be, when we're working from home, we should be working from home, not living at work. So, you know, let's, let's work from home, let's, but let's try and create that, that divide so that when we come to the office, we get the best from the office. And it's not a default five days a week kind of journey, if you like. It, it, it's something that we really look forward to, that we value, and that we get, you know, we actually organize our days and weeks around. So whether that's training together, socializing together, having different kinds of meetings in the office and really making sure that you get the best of both worlds rather than the worst of both. I think it's, that's really important. It's all about balance going forward. Thanks, Jane. I think that's a good 
note for us to finish on. So that does bring us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you all for listening. If you'd like to know more about any of the issues that we've been talking about today, please do speak to Phil, Jane or myself or your usual Slaughter May contact or indeed visit the Horizon Scanning pages on our website. Thank you and goodbye for now. For more information on this topic or to hear our other podcasts, please visit www.slaughterandmay.com. You can also subscribe to the Slaughter and May podcast on iTunes or Google Play.